you ever dishonored your mom or your dad? Well, according to that, the Bible says you deserve to have a lost eternity. But I don't want to keep you long. And I also want to say after, and just down the hallway in our gym, we got food, tables, and a place for you to sit and talk and laugh and have a good time. So you can save all that money and spend at a restaurant this afternoon or wait in line for 45 minutes. We'd love to have you stay. But in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16 says this. So now, so from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. How many of you were ever labeled the world? You know, you were called a loser, a liar, a drunk, a cheat, you know. Those, those names, those labels. Society loves to put those labels on us. It says, from now on, though, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we were once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. And then it says this, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone and the new is here. And all of this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the same ministry of reconciliation. So it isn't God being mean and sending us to hell. It's God giving us a chance to have a new life. And I'm going to shoot straight. The only way you miss this new life is if you choose to not accept it. You choose to go your own way. And I'm going to ask you a straight up question this morning because I love you and I care about you. But if you've been going your own way, how well is that working for you? How well is it really, really working for you? When you lay in your bed at night and you're looking up at the ceiling and you kind of wondered, or maybe you prayed, God, are you there? I know you've done it. Or you've wondered, God, if you're there, would you show me a sign? <laughs> I prayed that prayer. But friends, he's already given us signs. He's already given us wonders. The Bible itself is an amazing document that it survived history of thousands of years and people who've tried to refute it, dispute it, destroy it. It is the authoritative, 100% real word of God. And it will never be misproven. Did you know there are more ancient documents that support the validity of scripture than there are any other book that has ever been written in the history of mankind? And yet still, we wonder and we question, and I, I'm going to go down this road because the reason, there's a reason we do that. It's easier to say the Bible's not real. It's easier to say that God's not real. It's easier to say there's no God that would allow this in this world than it is to admit that we have sinned against God and that we are guilty as charged. You see, unfortunately, I believe there will be people who are good people who will close their eyes and wake up lost in eternity. Because it's not about your goodness. It's about his grace. You might say, what's that? Well, he paid a price for you. He paid a price for me. He died on a cross. That is a historical fact, by the way. It's very undisputable. There are ancient writings that speak of this that are outside of the Bible. So that's why it's never been refuted as factual. They believe they know where Jesus' tomb is, but they've never found the body. Why? Because he rose from the dead. You might say, that's not possible. Well, then where's the body? Every other religion in the world that has a founder, they know where their bones are. And it's amazingly interesting, too, if you do a study of other world religions, they all seem to promise things that we would desire in this world. You know, all kinds of women feeding me grapes in heaven. Now, no offense, I probably would be horrified by that because I'm a hugophobic. But, you know, that's not an eternal reward. Come on now. Is that the best you got? Jesus said, in my Father's mansion, there are many rooms. And I'm going to prepare a place for you. He's been gone 2,000 years. It must be a pretty awesome place. But there is nothing else in the history of mankind that has to happen before he can come back. See, the Bible says he's coming back. 
And he said, there'll be signs, there'll be all kinds of craziness, there'll be wars and wars and rumors of wars. Does that sound a little bit like today? He said, there'll be earthquakes and there'll be all kinds of crazy weather patterns, and I'm just kind of paraphrasing. But he said, all of those things are going to be indicators of the signs of the times, and yet still, people will dismiss it. Well, it's just climate change. Well, I'm going to let you know. I think it's one of the greatest deceptions in our world today. Oh, it's climate change, all right. According to scripture, the Bible says the earth is moaning and groaning because it's dying. It's dying. You might say, well, oh, pastor, we came and this was such a good morning. You had the Christmas baskets and the members and the water, and now you're telling us all this horrible stuff. No. I got good news. In John chapter 3, verse 16, you know, and a lot of times you see this on a bumper sticker. As the person's flying by you at 240 miles an hour. I've, I've been cut off by more people with religious stickers on their car, I tell you. Let me just say this. If you're going to be like a terrorist in a car, don't put a Jesus sticker on your car. All right? John 3, 16 says this. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. That whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world. Are you listening? He didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to serve the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed. It's their choice. Because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only son. This is the verdict. Light came into the world, but people loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Now the next verse says, everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. There has to be a moment in every one of our lives when we ask the question, do I know where my eternal destination is? Because the Bible says we can know. See friends, I know today that if I was to take my last breath, that I will wake up in the presence of Jesus. You might say, how do I know that? Well, the Bible says that my spirit can bear witness with his spirit. Meaning, meaning, there's a connection that tells me I'm connected to him. It's a relationship that's real. And when I need to be assured, the Holy Spirit assures me that I am a child of God or I'm saved from my sin. My debt has been paid in full. You will never be able to do enough good acts, enough good things, to outdo the stain of sin that is in our lives. And friends, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Everybody in this room sinned. But here is the key. And this is where it's time for you to put on your big boy pants, your big girl pants, and take a real good look. And ask yourself, because I believe the Bible tells us clearly that today is the day of salvation. Not tomorrow, not next week, not next month. You're not guaranteed that time. How many of you have known somebody who lost their life too soon? Come on. Yeah. It's heartbreaking when it happens, but it is life. The Bible says it rains on the just and on the unjust, meaning it rains on those who have faith and those who don't. Hard times come. You might ask the final question that I want to address is why would a good God let anyone go to hell or let bad things happen in this world? You've already heard me say it. He doesn't. He chooses. See, there are people in this world that will get out of bed today and choose to do evil. On Friday, another school shooting in the news. Somebody got out of bed and chose to do evil. See, one thing God gives us that is sovereign, it's the right to choose. And he won't touch it, and he won't meddle with it, 
Because he loves you so much that he wants you to love him and to choose to love him on your own without being forced. And that's the key of why this is such a powerful relationship. So this morning I'm going to ask every head to be bowed for a moment out of respect. Every eye to be closed. And I want you just to kind of look inward for a minute. There's no trick I'm going to play here. I promise. No one's going to come and grab you or drag you into another room. But I just want you to have a minute to look into the inside of your own heart and ask yourself this question. Do I need to be forgiven? Do I need to ask Jesus into my heart? Do I need to maybe come back to Jesus? Maybe you were serving him and you wandered off and you did your own thing and you know what? It's been, it's been hitting you, you've been convicted and it's time. But you're here this morning and you say, Pastor, I've heard what you said and I wanna choose this relationship over letting the fate of sin punch my destination. If that's you and you're here, I'm going to ask you to do something that's hard. Like you saw people do something that's even harder this morning. They got in that tank and they declared right then and there that Jesus is my Lord and Savior. If you're here this morning and you say, you know what, I saw that expression this morning. I've heard the words of the songs. I've heard the word that you've shared. And I'm ready to make a decision to serve Jesus. I don't care who knows. I don't care what they think. I don't care what they say. This is about me and I need to do this. I'm going to ask you right now to raise up a hand so I can see it. I just want to acknowledge you. I see your hands in the back. I see your hand in the middle. I see your hands in the back middle. I see your hands over on this side. I see your hands in the balcony. I see your hand on the other side. Come on, the Bible says today is the day. I'm not going to pressure you, but this is, this is important. Don't, don't let this moment pass you by. I see your hand. Just hold it up high and then put it down. You don't need to keep it up. I see your hand. Even some young ones are raising their hands. You know what? The Holy Spirit talks to the small ones, too. All right. You can look at me now. We're going to pray a prayer this morning. I don't know if you know how to pray. All I knew when I first went to church was, you know, after, after being a Catholic my whole life, there's some distinct differences. If you have questions, I'm happy to answer those. But I didn't know how to pray anything than, other than the Our Father or the Hail Mary or the Apostles' Creed. And so the night that I gave my heart to Jesus, I was in the basement of an Italian Pentecostal church that had a couple of light bulbs strung on the ceiling. There were six kids in the room. Me and a buddy were there, and they had a guest speaker named Dan. Yeah, I know. God knew that I can't remember names very well, so the speaker had to have my name. And so as he shared the gospel message, I came to the front. I, just, I, had, to come, I had to go. My friend grabbed me, actually tried to pull me back into my seat. So what are you doing? I said, I got to do this, man. I got to do this. I got to the front, and I mean, I, at that point, I was all the way in, but I didn't know what I was all the way into. <laughs> Some of you feel that way right now. And I was so thankful that that pastor showed me how to pray that day, and I'm going to show you how to pray right now. And I'm going to ask our whole church family to pray with you. We're going to repeat a prayer. We're going to confess that we've sinned. We're going to ask Jesus to forgive us. We're going to ask him to come into our hearts. We're going to give them our past, our present, and our future. How many are okay with that? And then the buy yeah. Now here's something really, 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 really important. The verse I read out of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. The minute you pray this verse, you are a new person. Other people might not believe that. That's fine. Let them believe what they want. But the Bible declares that you're born again. And on the inside, you're a new person. 
you will feel different. You heard that testimony this morning. You will be different. So I want you to make this prayer your own this morning. Just repeat these words after me. Church family, would you pray with them so that, you know, we can encourage them along in this step of walking into relationship with Jesus Christ. Man, I'm so excited for those of you who raised your hand this morning. You have no idea the journey you have in front of you. It's awesome. It's also going to be hard. I want to tell you that too. Some days it's going to be downright difficult. That's a great sales pitch, isn't it? But I'll tell you this. I would rather go through the most difficult days with Jesus than to go through them alone. I've done that. And it wasn't very good. So, one more time. If you're ready to pray with me, get ready to repeat these words. Let's go. You ready? Okay. Lord Jesus, I come to you today, and I admit, I confess, that I have sinned. I am a sinner. I've sinned against you, I've sinned against others, and I've sinned against myself. And I ask you today to forgive me. I accept your great salvation. And I ask you today to come into my heart, to come into my life, that the old would pass away and that the new man would come. I am born again. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. If you meant that, yeah. If you meant that, at lunch, after church, there's Pastor Nate right here. Give him a little wave so they know who you are. This is Pastor Lorna, Pastor Corey. Pastor Joe's in the drum cage back there. Looks a little bit like Animal from the Muppet Show. Uh, if you need to talk to one of us after service, please don't be afraid to do that. If you don't have a church home, we would love to welcome you to be a part of our family. But we're also going to take just a few more minutes, right? And we're going to worship because, here's the thing, those of you who just made that decision, you need to now know what it feels like to be a worshiper of Jesus for the first time. You need to sing songs that you don't know. <laughs> yeah. But you need to get up and just let him begin to minister to you. You don't have to be on the sidelines anymore. You can participate in what God is doing. So would you stand with me this morning? I got no voice at all. Usually I love to sing, but I, I tell you what, I'm going to screech, and I'm going to sing off key, but we're going to sing, and we're going to worship the Lord, and in a few moments, you'll be dismissed, I promise. We won't keep you long if you've got somewhere to go, which, you know, you always got somewhere to go, but this right now matters. Don't rush this moment. Please don't rush this moment. Because the night that I gave my heart to Jesus, I had gone weeks without sleeping because I was terrified every night. I didn't know why. Felt like something was after me, but I didn't know why. And the night I gave my life to Jesus was the best night's sleep I have ever had in my entire life. I felt like for the first time in my life, my eyes were really open and I could see. I could see the truth and I knew what it was. And the scriptures tell us that you will know the truth and the truth will make or set you free. So on behalf of the staff here, and yeah.
we want to tell you that we're proud of you this morning for taking that step of faith. Welcome to the family.